Thank you, Pastor White. What a what an honor to be here with you all out at Elm Grove. And the uh, Bible says a merry heart doth good like a medicine. So we've had some good medicine today. So since we're in that vein, I'll start, I'll just share this. Lone Ranger and Tonto were uh, camping out one night, and Early, kind of really, really late at night, and uh, Tonto kind of nudged the Lone Ranger and said, uh, "Look up, Lone Ranger. What do you see, Kimasabi?" Lone Ranger looked up and said, "Oh, I see the beautiful stars of the sky." He said, "What does that say to you, Kimasabi?" He said, "Oh, he said as a as an artist, no one can paint a more beautiful picture." As a theologian, it speaks of, of how great our God is and he has made this beautiful uh, universe in which we live. Uh, he said, as an astronomy uh, geek, I, I see all of the planets and the stars. It's, this is just the most awesome sight that I've ever seen. And he said, Tonto, what does it say to you? Tonto said, Kimasabi, you're dumb as a buffalo. Somebody stole the teepee. <laughs> so, God, some of y'all get that on the way home. Anyway, God's good, isn't he? Uh, you know, we believe that one word from God can change your life. And uh, I have seen God speak. And I want to encourage you uh, today that we, you know, we've not just gathered uh, today to hear uh, another sermon, but to hear from God. And the Bible says that my sheep know my voice. So if you're a child of God, you have the opportunity to hear the voice of God. And that's an awesome thing to think that the, the God of the universe would speak to his people and uh, some of you perhaps are here today and you need a word from God. You, you've come desperate to hear from God today. And God not only speaks to us through the pe- preaching and teaching of his word, but he speaks to us, uh, of course, primarily through the written word, and we don't want to ever forget that, but he also speaks to us through the gifts of the spirit, uh, through the prophetic word, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. And uh, there have been times when I have really seen a life-changing things happen as a result of of a word from God. And uh, I want to encourage you that God will speak to you. God will speak to you individually, and God will speak to you as a congregation if you have a mind to hear from him. I remember years ago I was, uh, uh, when I was pastoring at Eastland Assembly of God in Tulsa, I had uh, asked uh, Richard Roberts, who was president of ORU at that time, if he would, I said, what would it take to get you to come speak at our church? And he said, an invitation. <laughs> uh, so I said, well, you, you've got an invitation. So he, he came that day, and uh, about a year later, his wife, uh, Lindsay, also spoke. And um, God gave me a, a, a prophetic word, a word of knowledge. They had three daughters, and uh, I actually had a word for all three of, of the girls. But... One of them in particular, it was a most unusual word of knowledge that God gave me. And the word was this. said, ever since a girl, there had been a young lady who had attended ORU that had been in the Miss America pageant and was like the second runner-up. And I said, ever since this young lady was, uh, um, you know, in the Miss America pageant and did so well, you've had it in your heart that you'd like to enter beauty pageants. When I said that word, she just began to sob. And I thought, well, it must be some accuracy to that. And, and I really didn't understand until a few months later, uh, there was a conference at ORU and Lindsay Roberts was speaking. And she, she said, now take, for instance, the prophetic word. She said, we were at Brother Don's church. And she pointed to me and said, uh, he did, I don't think he knows this. Well, I know he doesn't know this. She said, uh, the night before... We were sitting at the dinner table and my daughter Olivia said, Mom, if a man of God that you trust ever gives me a word that ought to enter beauty pageants, I'll know it's God. 
the next day, God gave me a word exactly like that for her. Now, folks, you can't make stuff up like that. And it, cha- it changed her life, not just because she entered beauty pageants, but it, it told her that God heard her heart. And that's why I say to you that if when God speaks to you, allow him to speak to you and see how it will, it will make a difference. You see, I believe that God is, uh, will speak to you as a congregation that, uh, and this is something I really believe about this church, and that is that it's more than a community church. That, that this church has regional impact. Uh, I believe that there's an impact for this entire region. You see, in the spirit realm, in the natural realm, we might, we might have sort of a limited focus. But in the spirit realm, spiritual realm, we have the opportunity to be a, a sphere of influence that impacts this entire region. And I believe that that's why you're here to have an impact not just in this immediate geographical area but in this entire region. And I believe that there's a Holy Spirit draw to this place that the best days are yet to come. Now, I understand that this church has a great history. I've been familiar with it for 40 plus years. But I believe that the best days are the days that are yet to come. I'm not getting shouted down. I believe the best days for Elm Grove Community Church are the days that are yet to come. Hallelujah. Now, you're here because of a price that was paid by your predecessors. Amen. We never want to forget the people that paid the price to bring you to today. But the best days are the days that are yet to come. And I believe God's going to show up in in great ways in this house by an outpouring of his spirit and a draw of his spirit to bring people to Jesus. Amen. Amen. You see, friends, a lot of times what we call church growth is church shift. That means people shifting from church to church. How many understand that when that happens, the church has not grown, it's just shifted? Now, anybody, any pastor who would say that they're not excited when strong, Bible-believing, giving, working people, already established Christians come, if they say, well, we don't really care about, they're, they're not telling you the truth. Every pastor wants to have that. But I believe there's a draw for the lost to come and give their life to Jesus. And that's, your real church growth happens at the altar when people come to Jesus, amen. And I believe there's a draw to this place for the back, backslidden to come back to God and the lost to come to Jesus, amen. amen. Hallelujah. I believe there's a generational blessing in this house. You see, a lot of people talk about generational curses well, my grandpa was an alcoholic, my daddy was an alcoholic, so I'm bound to be an alcoholic. And, and, and kind of like, I'm just, I'm just giving up. There's just, I, it's just a generational curse. I, I declare generational blessing. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Good stuff passed down from generation to generation to generation, and I declare a generational blessing in this house. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, this whole deal is a divine setup. Amen. I believe God brought Jared and Jenny here as a divine setup. Amen. Because I remember, whatever it was, three years ago, I was here and and Orville and I were talking. He said, he said, Brother Don, do you, do you know anybody who who might could come out here and and uh, you know, work with us and, and, and serve on staff, associate, and eventually maybe become the pastor. Yeah. Took me maybe, what, two and a half seconds? Right. 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 I said, I know exactly the guy. Yes. That's right. I, I knew immediately, and I'm not taking undue credit, I just, I just know God, and I know, and I know the people. Yes. Yes. Amen. And I and, and you see, uh, Jared and Jenny know what it's like 
to be a part of a church where you have to be going there to get there. You know, very few people accidentally come to Elm Grove. Yeah, I was just driving by, and I saw you know, you know, you gotta kind of gotta be coming here. Well, this place is not near is not near as obscure as when they were at June Rose, which, by the way, I preached there last night. I'm trying to set the record for how many, because we had Friday night church last night. I was at at New Journey, which was June Rose, and now I'm here, and it's all it's all part of the deal. And I was sharing with the people at at New Journey last night that I'd be here. They send greetings to you all. But anyway, uh, I thought how interesting it is. How, now, now you see, folks, how many know that God sets people up even when he's always, he's working even when we don't see it, we don't even know he's working. Exactly. Amen. Because I made connection with Orville and Sherry White 40 years ago I'm not sure exactly how old Jared is, but I think I think he wasn't even born. He wasn't even born when I made a connection with them, and now because of my connection, see how God God it's a setup, folks. Yes, it is. Amen. It's a good setup. This is something God spoke to me that when it's time to for the shift, you'll know exactly when it is. And in the history of the church, there will never have been a smoother transition. Just like, it's like today's the day. I believe it's gonna happen someday. God's just gonna say, today's the day. When I left ceiling, it was it was an interesting experience. I'm just, but anyway, Kay, Kay and I Kay and I had talked about it a little bit. Dale might have been there that day. I don't I don't know. But uh, any of y'all remember Johnny McCrate? She was a song leader. We didn't have worship leaders. We had song leaders. One right. And uh, Johnny led the song. I still remember. It's been forty. She led the song "Living by Faith." And God said, today's the day. I didn't even tell Kay. I got up and resigned the church. <laughs> Kay's looking at me like, what are we gonna do now, honey? <laughs> you know, no, we talked about it a little bit. But I'm telling you, when, when it's time, God's gonna show you by revelation, yes. now's the time. Yes. Exactly. And God has got great things in store for this church as you walk by faith. Amen. Because God, the, 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 this generational blessing thing is strong in this house because of the foundation has been laid by older folks and then the middle aged and now the younger people coming up and it's gonna, it's gonna prove to be a powerful thing. And by faith, I see this room filled for something other than a funeral. Way too long, best crowds that churches have is when somebody died. Well, I got news for you, somebody died, but hallelujah, he rose again victoriously over death, hell, and the grave. Amen, we ought to come and celebrate Jesus. Praise God. Praise and worship people. What was their name? The people that led worship today? Blake and Bethany. God sent you here for a purpose. When you first came out here, you might have thought, what in the world are we doing out here in the middle of nowhere? God sent you here for a purpose. Amen. And the blessings of God are going to overtake you. I think the enemy has challenged you financially. 
But I want to tell you, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. He's going to show up strong in your life and meet your needs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The lady in the blue right here, you ma'am. What's your name? Yes. Susan. Here's a word for you. God has heard your prayer. Now, not, I believe there's some very specific things that you've been asking God for. And it's like there's a checklist. I don't even know if you have a written prayer list, but it's like God is starting to check off the request. Done, 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 done. Particularly in regard to a draw on your family. Amen. God is a big God. And I hear him say, request granted. Amen. God's a good God. There's a, there's a healer in the house today. I want to tell you that. I believe there's a healer in the house today. See, a while back, God gave me a word that he's going to begin to heal people of chronic illness. Amen. Now, we know God, how many know God's a healer? But I'm talking about God showed me people that have been dealing with stuff for years and have not been able to get the victory over that particular, he's going to start healing chronic illness. Hallelujah. Some of y'all have been dealing with stuff for years. I'm telling you there's a release of the healing power of God. In fact, right now in the name of Jesus, I just release the healing power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's a big God, amen. I'd like for us to look to the word Luke, the first chapter. Those of you that are are familiar with the word uh, may recognize that Luke, the first chapter, is part of the Christmas story. And I know that it's September 22nd, not December 22nd, but how many, know, how many glad that the Christmas story works about 365 days a year? But there's something in this, in this story that I believe is a word of God recently. God's been, uh, has really put this in my heart and I've shared it, but I believe it's important today. Verse 26 of Luke 1 In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you've said. Then the angel left Verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, I think there's a tendency when we read that scripture to say, well, what about, you know, I've got this. I've been diagnosed with this. My banker says nothing is impossible with God. This is a story of the miracle working power of God to intervene in impossible situations to show us that nothing is impossible. 
consider this story. A teenage girl living in the little village of Nazareth just doing whatever teenage girls did in Nazareth 2,000 years ago. I don't think she was having a prayer meeting. I don't think she was some super spiritual sort of an individual. She was uh, highly favored of God. She had the grace of God manifest in her life. I just think she might have just been hanging out with her friends you know, a, a little while before that, maybe she was, had just got done with school. Sometimes I think if we can kind of put things in today's world, it kind of helps us to understand. She was just a teenager, probably in her early teens. Uh, some contend as early perhaps as 12 or 13 years of age. And can you imagine what it was like for this teenage girl just one day in her hometown, an angel of the Lord comes to her and says, you are going to be God's mother. It's basically what he said, right? The one born of you will be called the son of God, the son of the most high. So that's what the angel said. You are going to be God's mother. Now, folks, I don't know how you would have reacted to that, but I think it probably shook her up, particularly since she knew biologically it was not possible because she'd never known a man. I've often thought, maybe, you know, can, she said, now look, angel. You know, some people would have been looking for excuses about that time, say, look, angel, I just had to talk with mama. Or, you know, I, last week in biology class, we kind of went over this, there ain't no way. You know what Mary said? I mean, the Bible said, be it unto me, even as thou hast said. You know, we like to talk in King James. But I think she probably said, bring it on, angel. Right. That's good. Amen. That's pretty much what she said, right? Be it unto, you know, I, sometimes I get amused by people that actually think that in the Bible they talked in King James English. Can you imagine, yea, verily I say unto thee, yea. I mean, folks, King James English was in the 1600s, 16 years after Jesus. They, nobody spoke English at that time. Amen. So don't, don't get offended if, if I, I, I've been around, folks, I've been around a long time. How many can remember in the church if there was a message in tongues and interpretation didn't count unless it came in King James? Yes. Right on. Amen. Right on. If, if, it, if it didn't throw in some yeas and these and thous and verilies, it didn't count. Right. And there were times I'd sit in church and I would, I would get my these and thous mixed up. Yeah. Are, you know, are they talking about thee or thee? Well, God, I mean, the, the, the angel showed up to Mary and said, you're gonna be the mother of God, and she said, all right. right. Yeah, right Amen, on. that helps us to understand. Yeah. This is what happened, but it could not happen, but God said it would happen. Yeah. He said, as a matter of fact, your cousin, your uh, uh, Elizabeth, yeah. is, uh, she's gonna have a baby too. In fact, she's already six months pregnant. Uh, which was impo biologically impossible because where it says she was barren, that not only meant that she had not had children, it meant she could not have children. Some of you didn't know that. That's what it means in the original. Didn't mean that she hadn't had any, it meant she could not have children, but she was six months pregnant because God said so. Now, one of the most interesting stories, if you read a few verses along, Mary goes to visit with Elizabeth. And when Mary walked into the room and carrying, the, carrying Jesus, John the Baptist in his mother's womb had a little spell. Right? Reacted. I want to tell you something. It's impossible for an inviolable mass of tissue to have that kind of reaction. That's what, that's what the pro-abortion people call it, an unviable mass of tissue. Yeah. Well, folks, that unviable mass of tissue had him a little Pentecostal spell when he got in the presence of the Son of God. Yeah. 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 Amen? Yeah. How did it all happen? With God. Right. Nothing is impossible. Right. 
And all you gotta do is, if there was no other book in the Bible but the book of Luke, there's miracle after miracle after miracle. There is no sickness. There is no shortage. There is no situation that our God cannot meet. Over in the fourth chapter of the book of Luke, uh, we see about God as the healer. Verse 38 Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. They asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all. How many of you in, in your Bible has some form of all or everyone? All who had various kinds of sickness. Two key words, all had various kinds of sickness. And laying his hands on each one, he healed them. That means that every sick person that they brought to Jesus, every one of them was made whole. I don't know what your Bible says, but my Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it then, he still does it today. He's still a healing Jesus. Amen. The next chapter, chapter five, uh, verse four. Then he had, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water, let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Now, you gotta get this picture, friends. They had These were professional fishermen. It's what they did for a living. And they had fished on the Sea of Galilee all of their lives. They were the sons of fishermen. In that society, there was a tendency from generation to generation to generation to have the same occupation. So in all likelihood, uh, 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 Peter, James, John, Andrew, they were, we know they were the sons of fishermen, but in all likelihood, their grandpa, great-grandpa, great-great, had all been fishermen. And the Sea of Galilee is really a lake. It's not salt water, it's fresh water. And it's not that big. We got lots of lakes in Oklahoma that are way bigger than the, than the Sea of Galilee. So they knew the water. And they had the best boat and they had the best equipment and they knew what bait to use and they had fished all night and caught no fishes as the great hymn of the church said. Y'all remember that? Peter, James, and John in the sailboat out on the deep blue sea. Fished all night and they caught no fish. Anybody been around, heard that one? Okay. <laughs> they fished all night. They caught no fish. And a carpenter from Galilee says, try over there. Now, you see, friends, they could have copped an attitude and said, who does this fisher or this carpenter of Nazareth think he is telling us professional fishermen where to fish? You know what Peter said? Because you say so. Folks, I want to tell you, you're about a one because he says so, step away from your miracle. Just do what God says to do. When I got to be about, I don't know, my early 20s, I discovered how smart my daddy was. And how dumb I, how much better off I would have been if I just did what daddy said to do. Yes. Yes. Silence falls to the crowd as we ponder the truth. Yes. Yes. Amen. If I just, did, well, in the spirit realm, same way, just do what daddy says to do. Yes. How many know life is just better if you'll just do what the father says to do? Well, that, they just, okay, you say so. Let's, they went over there, cast their net, and they got the biggest load of fish they'd ever caught in their lives. No shortage with Jesus. A few couple of chapters later, Jesus goes to the little village of Nain, and there's a funeral procession. Not hard for us to 
Imagine that right out here. I was telling them when we drove up, I said, when they have funerals, all they got to do is walk across the street to bury the dead. I mean, it's just the easiest, you know, just, well, okay. Say you had a funeral at Elm Grove. See, it's good to think of it in these terms. And cemeteries right across the street. So they're carrying the body over to the cemetery across the street. It's the widow. It was a widow lady. It was her only child. We can only imagine the unbearable sorrow that that mama was feeling at that moment. And Jesus just said, stop the procession. Grab the kid by the hand. Sit. And, and folks, here again, it, what, it, read it. There, what, it wasn't a big prolong. Jesus didn't give a theological debate on the relative importance of, of the resurrection, you know, to, according to the Sadduceal creed. Or he just said, get up. Right up. Right. Hey, that's what he said. Get up. And the boy did. And he handed him to his mother. Now, I figure this, the, the funeral dinner became a church supper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you, they had it all laid out, all spread out, you know, all the stuff. I want to be here for the, I used to come to the bazaar. Yes, you now you're combining the rib deal with the bazaar. I mean, that's like heaven. That's practicing for heaven. <laughs> Amen. Whoever had a turkey dinner and rib, I mean, you just can't get any better than that. It has nothing to do with the sermon. Anyway, but they, they were just celebrating. Amen? Because you talk about, that's impossible. He was dead. And then he just said, here, mama, here's your boy back. Why? Nothing's impossible with God. Now, friends, did you know it still works today? Last night I was in Sepulpa and one of the greatest miracles I ever heard took place in Sepulpa, Oklahoma. There was a teenage boy that attended church in Sepulpa, Oklahoma. His name was Ronald Coyne. Ronald Coyne had a glass eye. One night they were having a revival in, in Sepulpa and I, know the, I knew the pastor, I knew the, I knew the people involved, I knew the evangelist. I wasn't there, and I actually never met Ronald, but I've heard it on a number of occasions, and I've shared this testimony. I've, I, I've had people come up to me and say, I was there when it happened. Anyway, Ronald Coyne, he had a cold that day. So when they gave the, uh, called the prayer line after church, lined up across the front, Ronald went up to get prayed for for his cold. They laid hands on him, prayed for him. He went back, hey, I feel better. He goes back, sits back with the young people. Hi, Dale. Sitting back with the young people. <laughs> Dale's my friend. Anyway, sitting back in the back with the young people, and all of a sudden, the teenagers start shouting. Woohoo! hallelujah, glory to God. Ronnie can see. God had healed and he could see out of that glass eye. Now, folks, if you want to get somebody's attention, you go thump in your glass eye and then cover the see out of it. It's pretty hard to explain that one away. And he went on national television, secular TV, on more than one, more than one program. They taped his good eye, and he could see out of that glass eye. And in fact, for the people that could stomach it, he would take, the glass eye out, and he could see out of the socket. Now, I don't know about you, friends, but I would say that was pretty much a miracle. Wouldn't you say? I was at a church in Poto, Assembly of God Church in Poto, a few years back, and the people were lined up, and, and these two ladies, adult ladies, had brought their mama up for prayer. And I pointed my finger at her and said, Bad report, bad report, good report. Looked at me like, I didn't know what it meant. All I know is what God said, bad report. God. A year later, I went back and said, Brother Don, you're not gonna believe what happened. He said, we knew that mama had gotten a bad report. What we did not know was the Friday before that Sunday, two days earlier, she'd gone back to the doctor and had gotten another bad report. She had cancer. 
On Tuesday, she went back to the doctor again and the doctor re-examined her and came back with a strange look on his face. And he said, I don't know what happened between last Friday and today, but whatever was there is no longer there. Folks, that's a bad report, a bad report, and a good report because nothing is impossible with God. Had another lady come up and she had a little boy about six years old. She said, would you pray for my little boy? He has autism. Boy, it hit me right in the gut. It's like, like the enemy was saying, I challenge you. I laid hands on that little boy, prayed for him. And I have the written, I have it written down. Lady, she wrote it out, wrote out the testimony. She said, a couple of days later, I sat down in my kitchen and for the first time in my life, I had a meaningful conversation with my own child. And she said, now he's in on level in the great, great appropriate age group with his age and thriving in school. Amen. And what about God supplying material needs? My grandma was a woman of faith, my daddy's mama. Both of my grandmothers were great women of faith. This, this is a funny story in some respects. My grandma had seven children, and she wanted, now this was back in the Depression, she wanted her kids to have some store-bought light bread. Y'all know what store-bought light bread is? Some, some people look at, what does that mean? It's when you go to the store and buy a loaf of bread in, you know, that store-bought, right? Now, I don't know about you folks, but if somebody said you can have store-bought white bread or you can have homemade bread, I'd take homemade bread any day. But you see, that's all they'd ever had. And the other, you know, they'd go to school and their friends would have sandwiches on light. And so her, you know, Mama, could we have some light bread? No, honey, we... So she started praying. God, my kids want some light bread. Show me how to do it. God said, take your cucumbers to the grocery store. She had, an over, she had a big garden, had an overabundance of, of cucumbers. Took her cucumbers to the grocery store and traded the grocer for cucumbers for light bread. Now you might say, that's not a very big miracle. Just shows you that God loves you enough to give your kids light bread. Not about the same time, they, the church there was meeting in a converted chicken house where they raised chickens. That's not, think about, no, I can't think of a much, just the fragrance of it was not sweet-smelling incense. Anyway, they were meeting in this converted chicken house. And my grandma went to the pastor and said, Pastor, we need a new church. And he said, we sure do, Sister Couch, but we can't afford it. And my grandma said, we can't afford it, but my God can. She said, can I call a ladies' prayer meeting? We're gonna pray in the money. Six months later, they had a new church building bought and paid for because somebody believed God. The same lady that believed God for light bread believed God for a new church. Amen. God can do it any way he wants to. A while back, I got a call. We want to... We want to uh, lease your uh, land uh, in West Texas. I don't have any land in, lease in, in West Texas. Are you the son of Earl Couch? Yes, I'm the son of Earl Couch. You own some land out in uh, the Permian Basin. What? I didn't believe it. I called out uh, uh, Howard County. They didn't have any record of it. Called the guy back and said, I think you're pulling my leg. I thought he was trying to get something out of him. Said, call Oklahoma City. Called Oklahoma City. He said, yeah, we'll send you the paper. My daddy somehow in 1929 came into five acres in the Permian Basin and gave 10 bucks for it. I've already got my first lease check and I'm waiting on my royalty. 
Ain't God good? But he doesn't still raise the dead. Really? I was, uh, I was uh, playing golf in Springfield, Missouri. I'm about done here, folks. Still not even 12. Praise God. I can go longer, but I won't. Don't you love me? Anyway, uh, I was playing golf in Springfield, Missouri, homecoming, my college homecoming. Walked off the last green, and there's a guy lying on the, in the grass. Wasn't breathing. Well, they called the emergency. The ambulance came. And there was a guy that graduated from the same school I did, and he started working. He was actually a cardiologist, started working on this guy. Nothing. And they hooked him up to the monitor, and he was straight-lined. Kept working, nothing. I thought, I'm standing here kind of hopeless thinking, what can I do? And I heard God say, just say the name. And I started saying, Jesus. And I didn't say it once or twice. I said it, does Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I wouldn't yell, shouting it or yell, just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in a matter of about two minutes to the exact rhythm of me saying the name of Jesus, that heart began to beat again. And when he left that golf course, he was alive and well because our God is a big God. Now what I'm telling you, friends, that whatever is in your heart and mind today where the enemy has come to you and said, well, that is impossible, I want to tell you, with God, nothing is impossible. That loved one of yours who's so far away from God, it's like they couldn't see Jesus. I want to tell you, he can put a draw on them by his spirit and bring them to salvation. I was at a church in West West Tulsa, Berry Hill, little town, and there was a lady that sat kind of right in this area, and she would not allow anybody to sit next to her. What? No, sorry, that seat's reserved. Well, she reserved that seat for 25 years. Well, come to find out, she was saving it for her her husband who was lost. One Sunday, I was there, and God gave me a word for that lady. I didn't know this. I didn't know. I knew nothing about it. And I just said, ma'am, the prodigals are coming home. Your family is coming to Jesus. I mean, she had her a little spell. The next Wednesday night, her husband came, gave her heart to, gave his heart to Jesus, and never missed church again as long as he lived. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Nothing's impossible with God. How many believe it today? Amen. Lord, we pray by faith today and declare that nothing is impossible with God. We are not intimidated by our circumstances or the impossibility of what we face. Lord, there are people here today who perhaps have received a bad report from the doctor. Others who are are facing extreme challenges financially. Others, oh God, that uh, uh, have a lot of turmoil around about them, but you're the God of peace. Lord, whatever it is your people face today, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that their impossible situation would become possible with God. Lord, if there's anybody here today who's not living for you, they're living in sin, they're away from God, they might be, the enemy might say, it's not possible for, for you, you've gone too far. We declare the devil is a liar and the father of lies and we claim him for the kingdom today. Lord, in Jesus' name, we declare that nothing is impossible with God's head bowed, heads bowed just for a moment. I wonder if there's anybody here today say, Brother Don, I'm not living for Jesus. I've kind of gotten away from him. Maybe you've never been saved or at one time you were living for Jesus, but you've gotten away from God. I want to tell you, it's not an accident that you came to this place today. You came to this place because Jesus loves you enough. If he loved you enough to die for you, he loves you enough to forgive you of your sins. I wonder if there's anybody here today that would just raise their hand and say, I'm not living for Jesus. 
But I'd like for Jesus to come into my heart today. There's no greater miracle than the miracle of coming to Jesus. Anybody, I just don't want to miss this opportunity. Anybody here, you don't know Jesus, you're not living for him. Maybe you once knew him, but you're not living for him today. So I want Jesus in my heart. I wonder how many here today, you, you have a situation in your life. It might be a, a sickness or disease, a physical problem. It might be a financial need. Uh, it, it could be turmoil in your family, uh, uh, struggles with life. But it seems by all natural means to be impossible. But today you believe that with God, nothing is impossible. Would you just raise your hand? So I'm facing something. Stand up right where you are. Just right where you are, stand up. Now, folks, my faith is high today. See, the Bible says, where two or more agree is touching any one thing, it shall be done. So you see, you're one and I'm, I'm two. Two or more agree is touching any one thing. So I'm gonna believe with you today that whatever it is you're facing, God can do it. There's some of you here today that need to be set free. There's been something in control. I want to tell you today is the day of freedom in the name of Jesus. There are people here today that have sickness and it's been a bad report, but I want to tell you, I believe God can make the next report a good report. I call blood disorder into order in the name of Jesus. I declare that people's sugar that's out of line will come into conformity. I pray for people that have blood pressure problem right now that that blood pressure would regulate in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for people whose blood cell count is off. I call it right in the name of Jesus. I call arthritic conditions to be right in the name of Jesus. I call heart disease to be regulated in the name of Jesus. I pray for any cancerous tissue I curse it in the authority of Jesus' name. I believe you, God, for healing power to be released in this house in every area. I pray, God, for a financial blessing to be released to those who have financial need. Lord, you are uh, the great provider, Jehovah Jireh. It's not just what you were, it's who you are. In the name of Jesus, supply their material need. I pray for people that are surrounded by turmoil that the peace of God that passes all understanding would be a reality in their life in the name of Jesus. Lord, we clear things as, that are not as though they were in the name of Jesus. We believe you, God, to manifest your healing power, to manifest your strength, to manifest your provision. God, do it today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Folks, I'm telling you right now, some of you are feeling the touch of God in your life. You know God is working in you right now. Hallelujah. You see, friends, with God, with God, nothing is impossible. How much do you believe this, brother? I believe it so much that I believe in the next few days I'm gonna be getting calls from Jared and, and or Orville and they're gonna be telling me, you know, this person and that person and the other person had testimony of what happened to them on Sunday morning. Hallelujah, that's how strongly I believe, not because I was here, but because God is in the house. Amen. Nothing is impossible with God. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Folks, it worked for our forefathers. It'll work for us. Amen. Hallelujah. We're living in the great, I believe before the coming of the Lord, we're gonna see the manifestation of miracles at higher level than we've ever seen it before. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone blessed this morning? Yes. Say a great big amen as Jared comes to close the service today. If you're here and you want special prayer, you, you wanna step out and uh, we'll have Don to pray with you before you leave, no matter what you may be facing. If you have an unrest in your spirit, you want to be set free, you want to leave here different than you came. Sherry whispered to me, let's stand in behalf of Tori and this diabetic problem she's having. And he nailed sugar blood disorder first. I'm telling you, you're first on the line. Stand up and claim your promises of God. Jared, God bless you today. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for what the Lord's doing in this house today. Amen. Amen. It's 
Pastor and Don, as they go ahead and slip out, they'll go to the back, and we want you to stop by and hug their neck and greet them and love on them as you leave today. Remember tonight, 5 o'clock, fish fry. Uh, we're believing God to multiply fish, multiply bread, and multiply ice cream tonight, all right? So it's going to be a great, great night. Hey, I also want to recognize some special people who's here with us this morning. Right here on the front row with Pastor Don is James Cronister. His wife, Kara, is back there in the back. We hope this isn't a, an issue within the marriage here. Um, and no, it's not. These two are great, great friends of ours. Uh, James was on our deacon board over at uh, Sepulpa over at June Rose. Uh, he and his wife, uh, Kara, their son, Landry, uh, they've, be they've been our just best friends for years and years and years. And so we love them and we appreciate them coming up and being a part of us. And we've been praying for James and his family. James' mom went home to be with the Lord this past week, Friday. Uh, we uh, held her funeral over in Guthrie. And, and uh, James, we've been, been praying for you guys. So uh, love this family and love Pastor Don. Love his, uh, what God speaks to us through him. But we love him uh, just as an individual, as, as, as just a man being here with us today. And so Pastor Don will say thank you so much for those kind words and for those uh, the words of the Lord this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you for your many blessings. God, we thank you for this opportunity we have to gather. And God, we thank you for just the word of life that's been spoken into our life. And God, we don't take this moment for granted. We don't take it lightly, God. We, uh, we embrace it. God, we grab hold of it. And Father, I thank you for what you're speaking into hearts and lives for those who responded to your word this morning. God, we know that you meet us at our point of faith. And so this morning, God, I pray that, that those who reached out and grabbed hold of their healing, grabbed hold of their, 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 their blessing, grabbed hold of, of peace, they grabbed hold of, of, uh, of, of just what you want to bring into order in their life. God, I pray that, that uh, through, through their faith in you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that it would be done, and God, it would be done for the glory of Jesus Christ. God, we love you today. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for the opportunity we have, again, to gather here, to feast upon your word, and to just bask in your presence. And God, we honor you. And we ask all these things today in the mighty name of Jesus. Now go with us, lead us, guide us, and direct us in all that we do and all that we face. We look forward to a great afternoon of fellowship and a great afternoon of togetherness. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen.